Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Okay. All right. (laughs) Gonna have to get the judge-o-meter out here a little later to see where exactly on the... Okay. That's fine. They just know me already. They're just comfortable with me now. It's fine. Right. We, have a, we have a thing. Yeah. We have a thing Special now. chemistry. Yeah. Hello, New York City. <laughs> Center of the universe. <laughs> I can't say the next line because we were on a clean show. That's true. But anyway, that's go home and listen to Rent. That's the Kids, third you know. time that you've broken into Rent since we've been here. Yeah. And by here, she means literally on the wings of the stage and here. It's been a robust evening. So, Sydney, uh, this is a big show for us. It's the biggest city based on the planet, New York City. <laughs> um, and you said you wanted to do something like really special for, for this one. Something yes, that I would did. really set it apart. That's true. And I thought, what is more special? If, if you don't listen to Sawbones, um, you should. Shame on you. Uh, but we talk about medical history and all the things that we've done wrong in the past in medicine. And one of our most frequent guests, I guess, guests, special guests, I guess, yes, yeah, yeah. special guests, uh, is someone called Pliny the Elder. <laughs> it's happening. It's about time we gave Pliny his own show. And... I thought he deserved a live show and a live show in New York City. Yeah, for plenty sure. of the elder. He certainly knew of your city. <laughs> certainly one day he dreamed of performing on the Great White Way. <laughs> <laughs> now we are fulfilling that dream for plenty of the elder. And it makes me so happy to think that we're saying Pliny the Elder and people are cheering for him right now. It's just like, you know, play, like if he could have even imagined. What a treat it must be for him. <laughs> I can't imagine. If you don't listen to our show, you're going, what? <laughs> who? Who's this I'm old gonna, guy? I'm going to tell you who. So Pliny the Elder, also known as Gaius Plinius Secundus. Nice. Yeah. I'd go with Pliny too. I don't know. Gaius? That's a good name. Gaius is good. And he kind of loses the plot. Then he brings it back towards the end. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of all over the place. Do you think his parents were just big fans? Of what? A Battlestar Galactica? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry? (laughs) Someday I have two dreams. (laughs) One day my son's going to perform in New York City. (laughs) 
and I'm going to perform in a um, uh, a passion play called Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I say passion plays because they didn't have a TV, and I know they had those. I think probably. <laughs> What's his story? So he was born in AD 23, uh, lived until August 25th, AD 79. We know that exact date. That's rare. That's we really usually don't rare, know yeah. those kind of dates. Um, but we do because it was a big event, and I'll tell you about that. But not, not till the end. We want him to live first. Yeah. So he was born to Gaius Plinius Seller and Marcella in Como. He had a sister that was, it was named Plinia. Come on. <laughs> Plinia and Plinia. I like, that's cute. It is cute. I don't know that they were twins, but in my mind, they were twins. <laughs> um, they were members of the equestrian class. What? <laughs> I'm I into did, that. I know. I know you are. <laughs> I didn't make this up. You'd think I did, but yeah. I didn't. No, and I, I had to look. What does that mean? Because my thought was the, the, hor- the horse class, and I didn't know what that, what did that signify in the caste system. So that meant that they had at least 400,000 sesteras and presumably horses, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I figure. Or they um, were horses. <laughs> and that There's plenty of horse this whole time? Mm. No, nah, probably not. It's probably a person. Because the writing. <laughs> you can always tell a horse by the fact they can't write. <laughs> you got it. Yep. The, Trench coat? Uh, don't be fooled. That <laughs> <laughs> could still be a horse, my friend. <laughs> We cut two horses on each other's shoulders trying to sneak into the show earlier in trench coat. Yeah. Mustache, glued it on <laughs> with his brother. Because horses are made of whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's the next show. It's the next show. Um, horses and glue. So that was because you had to be rich to own a horse at the time. So equestrian class. And uh, no one really knew what to do with horses yet. Like you had one and that was great, but you didn't really know like, what do we do with them? And we have to feed them and like take care of them. So that's like a lot of money for something that we're not really sure to like, we're not yoking it to things and plowing things or whatever. I don't know, whatever you do, whatever practical use a horse has. I feel None. Like. <laughs> so, uh, and if you rode a horse in battle, then basically you just got to kind of hang back and like watch all the other guys on foot do all the work. So it was like a big deal if you could have a horse because then you've lived, I guess. So anyway, that was the class he was part of. Uh, he was an author. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about what he wrote, but he was also a Navy and Army commander for the Roman military. And he was a buddy of one of the emperors, Vespasian. And he was a philosopher and a lawyer and a naturalist. So he, had, he wore many hats. Busy guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he wore hats, but... Sure. No, they didn't. They weren't invented for a hundred years. No. <laughs> there was you. If you ever look, if you ever Google Plenty, um, <laughs> you'll find a beer, which is great. Plenty the Elder, the beer. But you'll also, <laughs> you'll also probably stumble across Plenty the Younger, who was his nephew, not his son. Uh, Plenty never had any children. He never married. He never had any children. But he did have a nephew, and he left everything to him. Including his name, I guess. So that's, that's probably who. part of the deal. Actually, that was probably more a condition than an inheritance. <laughs> Gotta call yourself Pliny. <laughs> so, before he started saying a lot of things about medicine that were wrong, that 
are the, the reason we're talking about him on a podcast. Um, he, he rose through the ranks of the military. That was the beginning of his career. He was already a writer, and he uh, wrote books about, like, launching missiles and, like, throwing things while on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> like, how to do that well. Well, I'm not a big book guy, but that sounds like a very good book <laughs> to me. Yes, please. Uh, he wrote a history of various wars. After his service ended, he wanted to write books of more meaning, um, but this was during Nero's reign, and so you couldn't write anything, because he was kind of crazy, Nero was, so you couldn't write anything that was really controversial, because then he'd like have you killed. So he had to be kind of like fly under the radar. So he wrote books mainly about like grammar and rhetoric and I mean, pretty, I mean, that's boring stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, grammar. Um, <laughs> um, and like a biography of a friend. It's pretty harmless. Um, but under Vespasian, he actually got to hold a role in the government and then he began to like pursue what he wanted to do. He was like a local governor of sorts um, to parts of like France and Spain and, and Libya. He was a trusted advisor to the emperor until his death. Um, and then he returned to Rome in like AD 75, 76. And this is when he wrote the book and then published it the following year that we know him best for and the book that I cite on our show a lot. And that's Natural History. Now, Natural History is a huge book. It's sort of like the first encyclopedia, mm -hmm. more or less. It makes sense that we would want to write down what Natural History was because you walk outside, what are those? Or a tree? Was there a tree there last week? I have no way of knowing. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's one now. That should be enough for you. Live in, live in the moment, Dan. <laughs> Danius. And, and Pliny could tell you, because he wrote down all the trees. He wrote down all the trees and all the rocks and all the, all the plants, all the animals. He wrote about space. He wrote about humans. He wrote about history. He wrote about it, anything. It was everything. It was the, uh, like, Encarta, maybe, of their time. <laughs> Hold that's on a, the phone. <laughs> if, it, if that's the Encarta of his time, what's the Encarta of our time? Because it ain't Encarta. What? That entire brand name has been relegated to windbreakers from the mid-90s. I worked on Encarta. Good. Congratulations. <laughs> Shipped to fine products. A lot of discs. <laughs> Encarta? <laughs> you know about Wikipedia. I've seen you on it. <laughs> Encarta? <laughs> you, you can tell that Sydney's working on an episode of Sabas because you see her go to Lycos. And then... No, nothing there. Let's check Dogpile. You better ask Jeeves <laughs> if he could check Encarta. Encarta. <laughs> I don't still have that disc. <laughs> so he made Encarta. <laughs> I mean, basically, because like it was, it was not infinite. It was finite. 
It was an encyclopedia. Right. <laughs> it was an encyclopedia. Okay. There are 37 books in natural history. And it, like I said, it covers a huge variety of topics, including, of course, one book devoted entirely uh, to how best to throw a spear from the back of a horse. Because <laughs> he was really into that. Uh, but there were, and you can find all this, by the way, you can find the entirety of natural history online. I search it constantly when we're doing our show to like look for what did Pliny say about this disease or this treatment or whatever. Um, and it, cause it's all available publicly, which is cool um, for me anyway. <laughs> I don't know about for you, but for me it's cool. Um, and many of the books in it are titled things like remedies derived from, and then the forest trees or living creatures or aquatic animals or whatever. Um, there are some that are titled by like the remedy first. So it's like anise, 61 remedies with anise or dill, nine remedies. So, so like, so that you could search it either way, you know, which is really useful for me when I'm doing my medicine now. Right. <laughs> there are 35, derimid- 35 remedies derived from wool which was amazing to me. Like, that's a whole chapter. Like, here are 35 things you can do with wool to cure you. Kind of a fun... It's more like a, uh, a good housekeeping article. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, and they're wide-ranging. Like, he was covering everything. Like, the, the anise one, which is lengthy because there's 61 remedies, it includes things as diverse as, like, scorpion stings, uh, bad breath, low appetite, and bad dreams. So any of those. So things. anything you want to do with wool, the <laughs> options there for you. Now, some other things Pliny said in his book. If he were alive today, um, aside from being, I think, very flattered by all this, I have to say, uh, he would not like me very much. He was not a fan of physicians at all. Um, he, in book twenty-nine, chapter eight, which is titled "Evils Attendant Upon the Practice of Medicine." <laughs> He says, is it the expense of our perils that they learn and they experimentalize by putting us to death? A physician being the only person that can kill another with sovereign impunity. I mean, like, like, okay, back then, though, he had a point. (laughs) Like, yeah, 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 nobody knows anything. I'm with plenty on this one. You guys are cool now, for sure. Love it. House mash, big fan. (laughs) But, like, back then, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. Don't go to doctors. Which I think is where this this impulse to, like, not just tell people about the natural world, but to say, and also you can use that for this. I think that's where that came from, was this, like, distrust. Like, doctors don't know what they're doing. I'm going to give the medical knowledge to the people which is like a cool impulse. Like, I'm going to put this book out there and it's going to tell you how you can use wool to fix you. Yeah. You don't have to go to your doctor because they'll kill you and they won't be held accountable. So some highlights from natural history, because that's always our favorite thing to do is to talk about all the silly stuff that Pliny recommended. So for instance, for a toothache, uh, Pliny would recommend that you take a hippopotamus's left tooth. I don't know how you're going to get that. Very carefully. Uh, <laughs> Hippos, hippos don't like that, I bet. I don't know. I stay away from them. Um, and you're going to rub it in your mouth for your toothache. If you survive all that, you probably won't care about your toothache. Uh, if you didn't want to do that, you could take a wolf's head, like, off the wolf first. Sure. Separate it. 
and then you want to reduce it to ash. I mean, you can figure that part out. And then you can eat that. Yeah. It's a really good Game of Thrones episode, I just... <laughs> Plenty had a lot to say about teeth. He said for that you could take the filth of the tail of sheep. What? And use that to strengthen your teeth and your stomach. I, I will keep my weak teeth. Thank you. <laughs> I'm good. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here uh and the meals i can say are delicious so what do you got to lose head on over to factormeals.com sawbones50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off that's code Sawbones50 at factormeals.com sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to... Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool... Think of it as the palette. The palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, Use offer code SAWBONES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Mice head bones, like the bones from a mouse's head, were good for toothpicks. <laughs> and if you could capture a lizard uh, during a full moon, 
the bones from the front part. I don't know what front part, just the front part of the lizard. Anatomically speaking, we're good for that. But don't use vulture quills. Oh, no? They cause bad breath. Um, should have guessed. You could try porcupine instead. And I will. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, we, we've done a whole episode on hangovers before, but I think I might have missed this one. For hangovers, he recommends a deep-fried canary. I mean, probably. <laughs> right? If you're hungover today, tomorrow, think about, like, you know what I could go for, for sure? Uh, <laughs> for hemorrhoids, <laughs> which were a problem then, too, uh, you could make a cream out of pig lard. Sure. And you also need some rust from chariot wheels. Okay. <laughs> Where do we draw the line between this and witchcraft? Like, these are spells. They're basically spells at this point. Or you could just use an onion as a suppository. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. What? <laughs> I just sorry, it took me a while to line up like my ge- basic geometry, and absolutely not. And now Plenty, he was like an equal opportunity offender. Uh, I don't know, however you want to put it, but he was worried about us ladies as well. And for all of our female complaints, whatever those may be. You just take some ram's wool and steep it in oil and then put it there. I could use that. Sydney's got a lot of female complaints about me. If you know what I'm saying, fellas, waka waka. <laughs> I did my best. Sorry. Are you done with those jokes now? Or those you're, jokes that's are out all, of your I'm system? All, all okay, used good. them up. <laughs> now, wool, as I mentioned, he had a lot of uses for that. If you didn't, if you didn't have female complaints, perhaps <laughs> you just have general pains in your loins. Mm. Uh, what you could do with that wool is steep it in a mixture of boiling um, niter, sulfur, oil, vinegar, tar, and apply that twice a day as warm as possible to your loins. The pain will be gone. <laughs> That's just for you. Oh, great. Sure. I'll whip that one up. He has an entire chapter. Book 29, chapter 20. Remedies derived from dragons. Okay. <laughs> What in the heck? Man, I wish I could curse. What in the heck? Dragons? Dragons. I'll be, uh, 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 funny enough, more plentiful today than Encarta, ironically. <laughs> I'm assuming this, is a, this term was used for other animals that weren't, because like he talks about it like he's done it. Like he's used these things. So there it's was something plenty, he's though. calling a dragon. Plenty in a nutshell. But he could take, you could take its eyes, dry them, and then beat them with some honey. You know, like you would like scrambled eggs. Like beat them with some honey. And then you can make a, a liniment, and that's really good against like ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> so plenty. The Elder has basically become a D&D character at this point, right? He's basically like the, uh, the old guy who works at the apothecary. <laughs> now, 
as long as you've captured a dragon and killed it, why not use all parts of the dragon? Sure. It's, although anything else would be wasteful. Uh, its fat is good at repelling venomous creatures. Now, to be fair... I heard somebody on go, huh. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Dragons! I'm going to write this down. Mm. <laughs> Salient and germane. Mm. I don't like snakes at all. I don't like snakes now that that lady mentions it. <laughs> but he does mention, like, there's like a footnote, and he's like, well, and he, I mean, yes, that is how you could repel snakes, but that might be hard for you to get the dragon fat. So instead you could take some vinegar and put it on some like stinging nettles and then rub those all over your skin and snakes won't want to bite you then either. Probably not. <laughs> Probably a little choosier than that. <laughs> well, cause they're going to be, they're going to think you're like scary, crazy. They're going to be like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Whoa. Check that Look guy. At that guy. Did you see what he just did? I'm not getting close He's to that guy. Nut. <laughs> um, for the cure of cataract, if you have cataracts, you could use the ashes of a weasel, assuming you have those. Um, other cures for the eyes, specifically for glaucoma, you could take some partridge eggs, and then you boil those in a copper vessel and add some honey, and that's perfect for your glaucoma. Oh, good. Okay. So, so that's not too bad. Now, if you have lice, which was, a, again, that was a problem then, it's a problem now. What you want to do for the nits, and what I'm usually telling people are like, you got to get all the nits out. You got to comb, get all the nits out. Nope. You can destroy them by using dog's fat mm-hmm. or eat a snake that was cooked like an eel. Sorry, what? I don't know how you cook an eel. So I guess that's step it's one. Like eel, step one. Eel fried snake, basically. <laughs> Step one, how do you cook an eel? <laughs> they don't have that on Encarta. <laughs> no, not on Encarta. Now, you may be wondering, how did, how did old Pliny die? He published this book, and it was very, and like I said, it was kind of the beginning of like what we think of as encyclopedias at this point. So it was like a big deal. And he really did. He, I'm making fun of kind of his cures, but he cataloged basically everything in the natural world and told all kinds of human histories as well. Um, the way that Pliny died might be kind of heroic. Maybe. (laughs) We're not sure. Um, So, he sailed a ship to Pompeii, which people are going, Pompeii, I know that, during the eruption of Mount Vesuvius because one of his friends was stuck there. Whoa. And he was trying to save his friend, Rectina, and her family from the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Wow. (laughs) It's very nice. I'm sure he appreciates that. You may want to let her finish the story. (laughs) I read ahead a bit. There there are multiple accounts of this, as you may imagine. Um, And the most common story goes that when he got there, the winds were so strong back towards, you know, Pompeii that he wasn't able to sail away from Pompeii, and so they died there um, and weren't able to sail away. Uh, and that, it, and like his friends, had, like people advised him, like, turn back, don't go. And he was like, fortune favors the brave. And then he took off. So, like, that's like his heroic ending. That's like the good, it's like another Wayne's World thing. This is the heroic ending. <laughs> um, unfortunately, 
there were there were other versions of this story. So one version hinges on the fact, and, and you may be surprised to hear, Pliny was not like a healthy guy. Um, he apparently was in pretty bad shape. Like he had he had a bad heart. His lungs didn't work so well. Um, something I don't know. But anyway, he may have gotten there and had a heart attack. Or he may have had a heart attack in the boat on the way there. Or there's one story that says he never even left. Like, he talked about it. <laughs> and he said, like, I'm going to, in a minute, I'm going to go save just it, 10 minutes. i got to have lunch first. Then I'm going to go save my buddy and her family. And, oh, my heart. <laughs> so there's also that, that version. Yeah. So we don't know. I'm going to choose to believe the first one. Perception so, is reality. He went there, he saved her, died a hero. Yeah, I'm going to give Plenty the benefit of the doubt and say that he, he did. He died a hero trying to save his friend in Pompeii. Hooray for Plenty. Yeah. So. Hooray. Now, Plenty deserves, I think, more than just a story. Uh, what's, what's more poignant than a story but a story told in song? Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, for sure. So, where's your guitar? Uh, um, you know, I know you told me to bring it. It's so heavy. It's so heavy. I wrote, I wrote this whole song about plenty. Uh, hold on, I got it. Wait, hold on. I got you. I got my Anna and Elsa cup here. You have a cup? My Anna and Elsa cup. What are you going to do with that cup? Stole it from Charlie. What, what is your plan with this cup? Oh, no. <laughs> Riley taught him how to do this. That's this is true. Go great. That's 100% true. Whenever you're ready, Sid. I bought a tincture from this guy in town Two bottle urine and some hay And I sure hope it can cure pleurisy Cause Pliny says refunds aren't his way It's all wrong, it's all wrong I'm drinking pee and it's all wrong I'm gonna eat a fox's brain and feel exactly the same Cause Pliny the elder's always wrong it's all wrong. It's all wrong. Bad blood on snake bites. No, that's wrong. He told me I should lick a snail and that my period stops hail. Because plenty, the elder's always wrong. So yeah, my pleurisy still got me down. But plenty says he's got great news. He's got maggots. He's got livers. He's got rabbit poop for shivers. And a buy one, get one sale I just can't lose. But it's wrong, it's all wrong. A BOGO sale on stuff that's wrong. Sure, he's offering great deals if you don't care if you're healed. Cause plenty, the elder's always wrong. It's all wrong, it's all wrong. It's true that plenty's always wrong. But he helped to pave the way. And died a hero in Pompeii. There are way worse things to be than wrong. Thanks, everybody.
We'll be back in 15 minutes. Thank you so much, New York. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head.